Thank you for tuning in today on Voyage Through the Bible with Billy G. Nolan, where his heart is to fortify and strengthen your relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoy this mini teaching, and if you need prayer, if you would like more information, or you simply want to join us as we voyage through the Bible, go to www.voyagethroughthebible.org. We're on a car ferry. It's the 1920s to 1940. Car ferry is going from the lower peninsula to the upper peninsula of Michigan. These peninsulas are formed by Lake Huron, Lake Superior, and Lake Michigan. The area has drawn many different pockets of people, the French Canadians, the ones we call the Finlanders, an assortment of other nationalities and groupings. People from all over the United States were flocking to the upper peninsula of Michigan because of the mining and many uh, opportunities that can happen in their lives there. It has the Sioux Locks, which is built half by Canadians and half by the U.S. Shipping is a big part of the area. One shipping route takes us from the mine uh, in north part of Minnesota through Lake Superior and down to Detroit and then the steel mills in Pennsylvania and northwest Indiana. In the winter, the car ferry is put into dock and it's caused to have repairs and maintenance the interior, where it's warmer, there's some painting going on. The motors, the engines, all done. There's schedules in operation. There's four car ferries that go across Straits of Mackinac. This is the survey of God's timetable from the beginning of time till after time is no more. The quest is over with an overview to explain to a doubting heart what a new heart really looks like. I thought for this particular broadcast, we'll be looking at the healing ministry, healing prayers, how we can pray with confidence. Let's look first of all at Jesus' prayer life. His prayer life was an integrate part of what he was doing. 40 days he fasted, Jesus fell full of the Holy Ghost, returned to Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and for 40 days being tempted of the devil. He ate nothing during those days and when he ended, he was hungry. Many times he prayed during the morning hours. He prayed away from other people. In Luke 4:42. And when it was day, he departed and went into the desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him. And he would have him stay where they were at. He talks about extra prayer and power. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. And he answered and rebuked the wind and the raging waves and they all cease, and there was a calm. He modeled prayer for us 
in the Lord's Prayer itself. He had activities in prayer. He had activities in prayer. To this day, we should include Christian healing in a vibrant way, intimacy with our prayer life in order to make it more effective. Jesus had a particular perspective on sickness. Jesus healed out of a sense of love. He had in the mind to destroy the works of the enemy, that is the devil. He was dealing with demons many times. Many times the demons would show up as sickness and other times as possession. He summoned them to speak. Then he rebuked them and told them to shut up and come out. In Luke 4.35, but Jesus rebuked him saying, Be silent, come out of him. And when the demons had thrown him down in the middle of them, he came out of him, having done him no harm. He rebuked a fever as if it was a person. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose up and began to serve them. And then again at the synagogue on the Sabbath day, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the withered hand was made whole. Jesus' healing ministry was to others also. The healing ministry of Jesus is transferred through the church at large throughout all the church age. Some healings are emphatic and some could be called ceremonial. Some healings seem to be an act of science, God being encouraged to work in his way partnering with science. There are manifestations of healing where it is God doing it in every respect, showing himself to be full of power and real to the cost. The core of all healing is faith. This could be called a mystery. Faith is not easily understood. People quake and have faith. People can look strong and steady and not have any faith at all. So faith is an attitude and a confidence toward the Lord. There, now Jesus is transferring the ministry of healing to the church at large. I know we talk about the healers. We talk about people with the gifts of healing. And we talk about people with great faith and people with faith. But I'd like to just allow you to understand that healing is for everyone. Healing is a part of your life. Healing is what you do. I'd like to make a just a general statement. When you see somebody sick, of course, ask permission and pray for them. When you do, our expectation is the Lord will deliver them. Jesus modeled prayer. Jesus led the way. He modeled healing for us. He prayed for the sick. 
it's part of the large commission in Matthew 28, we see Jesus. We see what Jesus does. We do what Jesus does. Let me go over that again. We see Jesus healing. We see what Jesus does, and we then do what Jesus is doing. So it's modeling, it's explaining, it's walking step by step in the ministry and avenue of faith. We watch the results, we continue to do it, and this is done through the power of the Holy Ghost. If at first, when you pray for people, you don't think you're succeeding, then I would just encourage you to trust the Lord, continue praying for people. After all, you're not the healer. The Lord is the healer. We need to share the ministry of healing. He began to commit it to 12 disciples because they were committed. So the key to praying for the sick is a commitment to the Lord. It's always that we are less and God is more. Commitment builds in us, and as it builds in us, it equals increase in the healing prayers. You know, when you're praying for people who are sick, there's risk. There was a time when I thought how embarrassing that nothing happens. And I was in a what-if mode. What if this happened? What if that happened? What if they decided that I was really not helpful? What should I do? And then there was a day when I began to see the fact that it wasn't me. I was just doing what the Lord would have me do. I was being committed to Jesus' ministry. Healing is for the whole church. As we get a hold of that and begin to explore healing as a calling for all of us, we can see the Lord work mightily in our lives. We have a commissioning, a gifting for ministry, a calling. We're commissioned, and by that I mean what Jesus did. He transferred in the form of gifts of healing, and Jesus modeled it for us, and we began to do it. The commission was to go heal. They were empowered to do it. There was an impartation of ministry that flowed from the Lord to us. Gifts of the Holy Ghost are what empowers us. These instructions for ministry were given to the 12 disciples, and there are parts of this that apply to us even to this day. And later on, there were 70 that were called, and now the church at large is called. There's some principles and patterns for healing work in Jesus' life. Luke 3, 21 and 22, and the Holy Ghost descended on him in bodily form like a dove. 
And in Luke 4, 1 through 19, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. News about him spread throughout the whole countryside because he was teaching in their synagogues. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. As I begin to read these verses, I I want you to apprehend that this is for us. Mark 7, 31 through 37. There were some people who brought a man who was deaf and could not talk. And they begged Jesus to place his hands on them. And he took him aside, away from the crowd. And Jesus put his fingers in the man's ears. And he spit and touched the man's tongue. Be opened, he said. The man's ears were opened, his tongue was opened, and he began to speak plainly. Matthew 17, 14 through 21. We're saying that healing was part of Jesus' life and ministry. Healing should be a part of our life and ministry also. Matthew 17, 14 through 21. Lord, have mercy on me. My son, he's, he's seized, he has seizures and he's suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or water. Jesus rebuked the demons and it came out of the boy and he was healed from that moment on. In John, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And they asked the people take off of their grave clothes and let him go. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. And he noticed that they were sheep without a shepherd. Matthew 20, 34, Jesus had compassion on them and touched their, touched their eyes. And immediately they recovered their sight and began to follow him. And Matthew Jesus said to him, shall I come to heal him? And the centurion replied, Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, I have not found faith, such faith in Israel. Matthew 9, 27 through 31 Two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said, Yes, Lord. And Jesus said, According to your faith, so be it unto you. And in Mark, a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. No one could help her. She was getting worse. And she said to herself, if I can just touch the cloth, the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt 
in her body that she had been freed from all her suffering. And Jesus said, who touched me? And there was some ridicule because there was such a crowd. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. Daughter, your faith has healed you. And again in Mark again, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed with the spirit. He has robbed him of speech. And whenever he is seized, seized him and throws him on the ground and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid, I asked you disciples to cast out the evil spirit and they could not. How long has it been like he's been this way? And the man said, from childhood. And Jesus said, can you believe? And the man said, I do believe, but yet helped my unbelief to be overcome. You deaf and dumb spirit, Jesus said, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. In Mark, blind man begged Jesus to touch him. And then again in Luke, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. That power has been transferred into our hands. Matthew 8, 1 through 4. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me hold. And Jesus said, I'm willing, be cleansed. And he walked away completely free of his leprosy. Mark 7, 24 through 30, woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek born of, in Syria, Phoenicia. She was not a Jew. First let the children eat all they want from the table. I can't take the children's bread and give it to a house dog. But she said that the pet dogs can eat the crumbs from underneath the table. Jesus said, what great faith this woman had. And Matthew, there were many who had various diseases and suffered severe pain, demon possessions, having seizures, and some were paralyzed, and he healed them all. I want to make an explanation of this. I want you to be encouraged. There's no such thing as you being a healer. You're not the healer. The Lord is the healer, and he uses you to transmit the healing to the needy. You're the conduit for the Holy Ghost. It's somewhat humbling to know when I press to pray for somebody, I can be awestruck to know that the Holy Ghost power is working through it. It's not for me to decide how the healing is, to what extent the healing is, and how God is really working in their lives. I'm required to be the conduit, the channel 
for healing for many people. Some of you, this is a new concept. Some of you, it's a concept that you've never heard before. Some of you have said, I tried it. It didn't work well. I just don't think I should do it. There's many people that have made excuse because it puts you out on a limb. It puts you in a condition to have to believe many times for impossible situations. But it's time we become courageous. It takes courage to pray for people in need. And I'm going to ask that the Lord would put courage in each one of you. I know diplomacy is necessary when you pay for the sick. And kindness and sensitivity. But that doesn't stop you from being a conduit. So I'm going to pray that the courage of God would come on you. And this timidness would stop. And you would be willing for the Lord to work mightily through you. After all, it's the Lord working. You're the conduit. So let's pray. In Jesus' name, I pray that courage would come upon the ones that are listening right now. All the excuses, all the things that would hold us back would begin to fall off. And in its place, there would be a Holy Ghost encouragement, just a dynamic courage would develop in each one that's listening now. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast from Billy on this episode of Voyage Through the Bible. This journey and its many adventures lead you into the mysteries of creation and man, not only to know the Bible, but to experience it and live it. If you would like to sow into this ministry and be a part of somebody else's journey as they learn about God, please visit our website, www.voyagethroughthebible.org.